Ian Foster says he's open to new coaching jobs but was determined not to entertain any until the World Cup was over. The All Blacks coach's duties are now over and he says his immediate attention will go to his lawns at his Waikato home. He says it was a conscious decision to not plan his next move before the tournament was over. I disagreed with how this year went. I said that publicly. I disagreed with some decisions that New Zealand rugby made on the basis of what I felt was the best thing for this team. It wasn't based on the fact of my desire to coach beyond this World Cup. It was based on what I felt was the right thing for the team. I stand by that. Even my players last night today are telling me, well, now you can tell me what you've got planned, Ian. And I said, well, this is what I said. I said, when I made that decision in March to speak out, I also made a decision to refuse to talk to anyone about my plans. And that's... So any time I got offered an opportunity to coach... After the World Cup, I said I wasn't interested until after the World Cup to talk about it. I felt that the team deserved to have an all-black head coach that they knew was 100% committed to this team right now. That's what I did. So there's no secret plans. Um, my goal, and it's just maybe my stubborn pride, or what, but I felt the right thing for the team is every time they looked at me, I didn't want them reading that I was talking to someone else or looking at something else because I don't think that's conducive to a team environment. And so technically I'll get home and 1st of November be unemployed. I'll figure things out. There might be nothing. The inbox might be empty on, on Wednesday, Thursday. And then I will be mowing the lawns a lot. In fact, I'll probably start a business and I'd like you guys to promote it for me. It'd be good. And our rugby reporter Joe Porter joins us now. Joe, well, those were some, well, thinly veiled comments from Ian Foster. So what are the options for his next move? Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Look, Eddie Jones has just quit as the Australian, the Wallabies coach. So there is an, an opening there, although I'm not sure if Ian Foster would fit that bill after going and walking into Eddie Jones' shoes would be yeah, a tricky one to do after he's left that Australian rugby team in not the best shape. Uh, Japan, I think, would be the most likely option. Possibly a club over there, a top league, cl- top league club. He has connections over there. There are a lot of Kiwis over there already. Sir Steve Hansen is director of rugby at one of the clubs there, his former boss. Of course, he's mentioned he would like to uh, coach an international team again. He wouldn't mind coaching against the All Blacks, although it would be tricky at the time. He would. It is something he would entertain. So if there are other international jobs available, he could throw his name in the hat. But at this point in time, it really remains to be seen what he'll end up doing. I don't think he quite knows himself. Wow, who will mow the lawns if he goes offshore? Um, the All Blacks, now, while we, they couldn't walk away with the big prize, they did pretty well at the World Rugby Awards. Yeah, that's right. Adi Savia picking up the top gong for World Rugby's Player of the Year award, and he has been fantastic for the All Blacks for the last sort of five years that he's played, to be perfectly fair. A great season for Adi Savia. He's often the most consistent performer in that side, never really has a bad game and often leads from the front and has taken over captaincy duties quite often when Sam Kane hasn't been available. So he takes out the top gong and well-deserved. And Mark Talia, the All Blacks wing, he's been another outstanding performer for the team this year. A very very slippery, slippery character on the field as we saw him almost break through the South African line several times in that World Cup final. He wins Breakthrough Player of the Year. Unfortunately for Ian Foster, he missed out on Coach of the Year, picked up by Andy Farrell, the Ireland coach, and probably well-deserved there too. Okay, there's been some pretty ugly responses to some of the refereeing at the World Cup. What can you tell us? 
Yeah, well, Wayne Barnes, of course, the referee in charge of the All Black South Africa World Cup final. And there was a few refereeing and officiating decisions that drew the ire of All Blacks fans. None more so and none less, though, sorry, none more so than Seo Khaleesi not having his yellow card upgraded to red in a very similar circumstance to Sam Kane making contact with another player's head. So referee Wayne Barnes, his wife Polly was at the game with their children and, and she has said that they have suffered a lot of abuse during the game. A lot of abuse was directed at their family and at Wayne Barnes as well. And also she revealed that an instant Instagram and in a private email address, he's received death threats since that match. So some horrible stuff going on. Social media has opened up this sort of abuse as well, of course. And it's not the first time people have received death threats. Ben O'Keefe, the New Zealand referee, received death threats after South Africa, after sorry, France were dumped out of the World Cup, and he was in charge of that game. So it's it's unfortunately becoming a common theme because unfortunately some of these unsavory characters they can hide behind internet anonymity and also there's a lot more access to these referees because of social media and things like instagram and facebook yeah and everybody knows their name that's just plain nasty joe okay so what do the all blacks do now yeah, well, that's right. They come home and they take a rest. They take stock and take a well-deserved break, I imagine. A lot of these players are heading off. There's eight or so senior players that are departing for overseas contracts. You know, they may return to New Zealand rugby one day, but not in the foreseeable future. Likely that they've played their very last game for the All Blacks. It's not actually a huge amount. Often after the World Cup, there's more than half the team that sort of end up going overseas. So there is still a large core of this All Blacks group that will be available for incoming coach Scott Robertson next year. Jason Ryan, of course, the All Blacks forwards coach, he remains on, but the other coaching assistant they head off to other pastures too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year because Scott Robertson, he'll be a new man. He'll have his own ideas. Whether or not Sam Kane will be captain, I don't think he will next year. Whether or not he even makes the team remains to be seen. So there could be some changes coming up with Scott Robertson, the man they call Razor, coming in next season. And it will be a very interesting start to a new era for the All Blacks. And Joe, before you go, have you shed all your tears, Joe? I shed all my tears, yeah. Look, I predicted the All Blacks to win, got that wrong. Predicted Ireland to beat the All Blacks, got that wrong. So it's lucky I'm not a gambling man because I would be losing money by the bucket load. Look, I think, you know... Sport, that's a funny thing, isn't it? Anything can happen on the night. I thought the All Blacks would win, but South Africa did what they needed to do to get that one-point victory. Of course, the game marred by a red card and some ref, un, you know, refereeing decisions that weren't necessarily to everyone's liking. But, of course, that's sport, and you've got to take your losses with your wins. The All Blacks were sort of written off by many people coming into this tournament. Not many expected them to get past the quarterfinals. So to have reached a final and to have only lost by one point while suffering a red card, having only 14 men for 60-odd minutes, you've really got to give them credit for what's been a pretty good Good tournament, all things considered. Thank you, Joe. Good to talk to you. That is Joe Porter joining us live there from Paris.